You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to please subscribe to The Authenticity Show wherever you get your podcasts and find us on social media. That means like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and check out our YouTube page where, by the way, you can see video. We recently started having video because Danny Hoffman joined the team as our videographer. And uh, so if you're just listening to this in audio form, please know that you can see our beautiful faces on on YouTube. (laughs) And you can find all, all of our episodes on our YouTube channel. And by the way, this is a very special episode. This is our 100th episode. Man, it's crazy how the time goes by. Uh, You know, 100th episode. And this has definitely been a labor of love. We love doing this. And we thought for our 100th episode, we should have a special topic. And our topic today is death. Death is a fact of life. It's inevitable as far as we know. And so here's an episode, thoughts and feelings about death, various cultural and religious perspectives on death. And some poetry as well, both original and classic. All right, well, here we are. Yes, our 100th episode. Can you believe it? 100. Amazing. I know. It doesn't feel like it. No, but it's been a journey. It has. It really has. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, episode 100. I mean, it's really no more special than any other episode, but we've just decided to make it special. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And we're going we're gonna, to uh, deal with a topic tonight that we have spoken about many, many times. And we knew that someday we were going to do a topic, we were going to do this topic for, for one of the shows. And I think in our own ways, we both felt like we weren't ready. Yeah, and yet it's unavoidable. It sure is. Yeah. And so at some point, you just do it anyway, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it or not. Yeah. That's right. That's so we right. might as well try our best to like it. Yeah. I mean, it's, this episode is going to happen anyway. So mm-hmm. let's, um, uh, let's make art out of it. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, let's make art out of it. So yeah, we are talking about death. This is the death episode. And um, I'm sure you and I have both thought about it on our own as we were preparing for this, for this topic tonight. And uh, I think I'll go ahead and start with something. Okay. Um, I was thinking about, about death and I realized that most of us, all of us were, were children when we first were introduced to the idea. And so it was a children's or a child's, I should say a child's understanding of what it was and what the word meant. And sometimes there is fear, you know, a child's fear that gets associated with, with the word, the concept there is but but even yeah. before that there's this sort of there's a there's a sort of a, a lack of ability to relate to it before there's fear you know like there's yeah. this, there's a sense like there's a dissociative kind of experience with the word i think before there's any fear of it because you mm-hmm. don't know what it is you can't relate to it you've never seen it before yeah, people talk yeah. about it and you know you, this is the thing you know with, with kids and death you know and it, it doesn't become real for them until they they have gone through it somehow like yeah you know through yeah. through watching a family member die or something you know yeah or 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 i mean my my 
early memories of death were I had an aunt who passed away. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the peak moments of my life. It was, I was watching how all the adults responded to it. Yeah, because you don't know how to respond. I mean, yeah. I remember um, laughing at many a funeral, yeah, uh, which is you know socially inappropriate for for some. Even though you know we could argue as as adults, as intelligent, you know, wiser adults who've gone through a lot, um, we know that everybody deals with grief differently. Oh yeah, but sure, sure. Uh, it's not considered kosher to laugh at a at a, at a funeral, even though yeah, you know, most of the time it's just discomfort and, and nervousness that causes the laughter. Totally. But on the other hand, um, there's a certain wisdom in it too. Yeah, laughing yeah. at a funeral. Oh yeah, I I think it's great. I remember when my when my aunt passed away. I was very very young, and I was at the funeral. And I remember just being a little kid, bored in the in the in the church pew, you know, and uh, kind of climbing around. And I, I climbed over the back seat and I looked and I saw my sister crying, and I saw somebody who somebody who she was with was also crying. I think it was it was a friend, and I remember being a little bit surprised, like wow, they're crying. And as a child, I was perfectly at ease at that funeral until I saw these older people that are important to me when I saw their reaction at the Mm -hmm. funeral. And I realized, oh, this is supposed to be a sad thing. And I felt a little bit of sadness and emotion for the first time Mm -hmm. about the whole topic. You know, so I just think uh, filtering it through a child's understanding, um, has an impact for how we approach the concept of death for the rest of our life. It does. And, you know, it's okay to um, go ahead and take the innocence of childhood, you know, when we, when we look at the, the concept of death. And it's also okay to go ahead and reassess some of our misunderstandings that we may have had when we were a child about it. Yeah, um, I think the first painful thing for me about death was realizing that um, I wouldn't be able to connect with that person the same way, you yeah. know, that, that, that they were going to be gone from my life, you know, that, that sunk in that I can't just see them again, hug them again, kiss them again. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're gone in a way, yeah. you know, right, except right. in a memory. But, um, you know, I think that's where the, the pain starts, isn't it? You know, this idea that you're not going to see them again, that you're, they're yeah. not really going to be there. You can't hold them. You yeah. know, you can't yeah. tickle them or be tickled by them. You yeah. know, that's, it's like, it's like when they're gone, they're gone, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, that's, there's, there's, there's quite a space, you know, that's, that's left over there. Um, something that I learned over the past, you know, year or so is something that Eckhart Tolle said, hmm. he said when, when something or somebody dies, he said, if you pay a little more close attention to the space that they used to occupy, even though they're gone, if you look deeper into that you can see that there's a, a sense of peace there. There's a sense of goodness or joy. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Mm. I just thought that was a beautiful idea because we, we become very aware of the absence of that person. But there's also something that is left in that absence. Mm-hmm. And um, that can be worth paying attention to. Yeah. yeah um, it's no surprise that this has been such a, a subject for... Um, you know, supernatural beliefs, religious beliefs, mystical experiences, um, you know, the ponderings of, of, of people looking for a way of resolving uh, a seemingly unanswerable question. You know, what happens? Yeah. Where are they now? Yeah. Um, you know, why? All that kind of stuff. You know, it yeah. comes up at this existential kind of quest for trying to understand. And, and death confronts everyone um, at some point. It's yeah. going to be. Um, right up next to you. It's going to be right in your face and, yeah, and there's just yeah. no way around it. 
Uh, some people go quite a long time without it. I know I've known a few. Yeah, who went a long time. I'm I'm not one of those, but um, yeah, you know, they, they they go into their late 40s before they see anybody die. Oh yeah. You know, oh yeah. Yeah. Or longer. Definitely. You know, I I had early exposure to death, and um, I'm very thankful for my profession. You know, as an occupational therapist. I did geriatric rehabilitation. I spent about six years working at a skilled nursing facility, and uh, and 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 I'm saying I'm choosing these words on purpose. I had the wonderful opportunity of being around so many people that died, mm. and uh, that is not a bad thing. That's not a sad thing. You know, that is a privilege to be around people that are dying. It is. It's a real privilege. Yeah. And um, there were people that would have died alone if I wasn't working there. And I had the opportunity to sit down with them and just, just, Hey, you know, somebody's here. We didn't know each other, but somebody's here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and to share in that experience is a very, very, very sacred experience to really be there when is. somebody passes. It really is. What you're, what you're saying reminds me of the funerals that I've, I've done for others. Um, yeah. people that I didn't necessarily know, but I knew the people who asked me to do the funeral Yeah, and it is a sacred experience. It's, it's, um, it's an honor to be able to, to connect with the people who are still loving that person yeah, and to be in a position of um, helping them to create a ceremony to, um, to allow themselves to adjust to the uh, changes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause, cause it's a big change. You know, this person is it no is. longer a part of their life in that way. Yeah. And it's so overwhelming for people who are close to that person that having, a professional like like you or myself in a position like that to be uh, a conductor of an experience yeah is um, it's very important and it's a role that has been around for a very long time a yeah. very long time the, yeah it's the role of a priest in it a is. way it's the role it of is. a healer of a priest yeah. you know of, of, a, of a leader of a ceremony and even I think as an occupational therapist um, there is still some of that in your profession there is, you know, you're conducting them in a there professional is. way and it, yeah. you know, it's, it's special and sacred. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, um, something I think I, I certainly want to want to talk about tonight is, is the concept of the death drive, the death instinct, because quite often, you know, um, you know, we have a life instinct. We, we have this instinct to try to preserve our own life. Mm. Right. And I, I like to think that that is the job of the body. The body is doing its job. It knows how to protect itself. The prime directive. It does. It is to to stay alive, right? But seldom do we acknowledge that there is also a death instinct, that there is a death drive. And this was something that um, Sigmund Freud talked about, the death drive. And it's this idea that, that things that are alive, in addition to wanting to promote their own life, they also have an instinct to promote their own death. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in acknowledging that and seeing that, that that's there. Um, things that are animated and alive also have a drive to go back to their just basic organic state of what they were before they were alive. And one of the things I like about this idea, and it's a little bit of a controversial idea, you know, the death instinct, you know, is it real? Does it exist? You know, Freud. And of mm-hmm. course, Freud has to weave it into sex, you know, of course, naturally. Right. Because Freud. Yeah. But, yeah. but there's something to it. You know, the, the life instinct is associated with sexual drive because sex and life go together. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
and um, the death drive, the death instinct, is very much associated with with stopping that compulsive, repetitive need. Whether it's the 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 um, the repetitiveness of sex, the compulsive mm-hmm. repetitiveness of sex mm-hmm. itself, the act itself. Or just the act of the cells of the body reproducing and trying to maintain themselves and keep going, keep going. It's kind of comforting, I think, to acknowledge that we also have an instinct to help us die when the time comes. La petite mort. Yes. The little death. A little death. I mean, uh, at some point um, in intercourse, there's a desire to, to find culmination. Yeah. You know, to, to find a stop. Right. You know, to there's, there's the compulsive repetitiveness of it. And yeah, then to feel completeness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there's the surrender also in that completeness, which is the surrender that happens emotionally, you know, after that yeah. that moment where where two people being intimate reach a, a fiery pitch of, of release and then there's the there's the quietude, there's the there's the letting go, there's the uh, maybe even the sleep or the stillness. Uh, yeah. you know, the the yeah. The post-sexual trance that happens af- after yeah, orgasm, yeah. where where your mind just wants to to sort of float and drift, mm, you know, and yeah. go into a dream, yeah, um, or to yeah. feel like you could maintain that final feeling for as long as possible. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's related to the death instinct you're talking about, like the the desire to feel completion, to feel like you yeah. can end something. The end ending can be beautiful too. It can, yeah, yeah. Did you ever go on a wonderful vacation, maybe when you were a kid or even as an adult, you go on a great trip. It's a wonderful vacation. You had a great time and you know, it's going to end. But when the time comes and it's just about time to go home, it can also feel good to go home. Mm -hmm. I know know most people have had that experience where, ah, vacation's coming to an end, but there's also kind of a nice hope in going home. Yeah. You know, going home can be nice. Um, Going home is necessary for there to be another vacation. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also okay to go home. And, and I'm sort of hoping that death is like that. I hope yeah. so too. Um, I've thought about extremely prolonged life and I've thought about eternal life quite a lot. Yeah, um, me too. I feel a pretty endless sense of, of uh, curiosity about things. So it's hard to imagine ever running out of things to study, learn, yeah. uh, do. Um, yeah. However... Um, it is possible, I think, to get to a point where even even as an an ancient being, you know, that I might say, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm longing to to no longer walk on the planet, you know, yeah. even if everything were peachy keen and peaceful, and you know, there, there's going to come a point, maybe, at yeah, all, at some point, yeah, where where you start to feel like it's okay, yeah, it's okay to go, you know, yeah, um, and you know, things, it's also okay to not want that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's something I, I really feel compelled to touch on tonight is, you know, I grew up with a lot of, um, you know, you know in, in the 70s and 80s and being involved in, a, in an Indian guru organization and things like that. You get around a lot of spiritual people. Mm. And I, I would often hear things like, I'm not afraid to die. You know, um, you know, death is natural. And you hear all these things, right? Mm-hmm. But I also want to point out that we have to be careful because... Um, it's also okay to be afraid to die. It's also okay to acknowledge that, yeah, I am afraid because I really don't know what it is. Mm. And I think it's okay for all of us to acknowledge together that, you know, we don't know. We have our ideas. We have our hopes. Mm-hmm. 
You know, um, we have, some of us are even convinced that we know what's going to happen, you know, but ultimately we don't really know. And it's okay for us to just kind of do that together. You know, we have each other, Mm -hmm. you know, we are all going to find out together. Yeah. uh, You know, on that topic, uh, I've gone back and forth between feeling comfortable with my own death and feeling totally uncomfortable with it. You know what I mean? Me too. too. Uh, There have been times when I felt like, um, I wanted it for, for very sad, grievous reasons. Yeah. Um, so that there's every, every kind of um, emotional experience I can imagine with it. You know, yeah. the idea of oh, excitement, yeah. exploration, you know, what's possible. And then the idea of total fear, like, no, I don't want this to end. And, you know, even grief and sadness. I, I don't want to not have my friends anymore yeah. close to me. I don't yeah. want to, um, you know, not have these, these things that are important mm. uh, or my own life or just even the pure fear, the, the, the choking, panicking fear that you get when, yeah. you, when you feel like you're about to die, yeah. like you're being held underneath a, uh, yeah. a wave at the oh, beach, yeah. you know, during the riptide, or or yeah. you almost fall off of, of a ledge somewhere. Totally, uh, those totally. are moments, or you know, you're on the freeway, moment. right? Yeah. You've had that, you know, that situation on the freeway. Yeah. Um, there are moments where you're like, oh fuck, I don't want to die. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so those can come from very different places. Yeah, inside. And it's for okay. Sure. It's okay for both of those things to be there. It's mm-hmm. okay when the time comes. If you, if you know, if somebody's not afraid of dying, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I just think it's it's also okay to be afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you hope it lasts. Yeah, you, you hope it lasts. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I love getting older because it beats the alternative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I want to see how this ends. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least to see how this this body ends. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so one of the things that I've been thinking about is is about death really being a, a switching of perspective it's a different perspective and i've been influenced a lot by um taoist cosmology mm. you know the ideas of yeah. you know in taoism they say that there was just the Tao, there was nothingness just just the Tao, the potential for everything and then something in that nothingness was created and they call that the first differentiation mm. and then that first differentiation there was nothing and then there's something and I've been thinking about this. It's like, if there was truly nothingness, and then nothingness created somethingness, then wasn't somethingness the death of nothingness? Mm-hmm. So we killed nothingness by by existing, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's and, like killing off the quantum superpositions of the atoms. You know, yeah. once you once it shows up, it's all those other ones aren't. Yeah, all those yeah. other possibilities are they cease to be. Yeah. And it's only fair that we trade. So at some point, you know, we have to go and then we go back to nothingness and nothingness wins again, mm-hmm. you know, at least in our little spot, you know. Um, so um, maybe this is a good time to, to get into this and talk about it. So I, I mm. wrote a poem. Oh, great. And uh, uh, it's called Temporarily Forever. Nothingness didn't last forever. Empty space was filled, hence severed. Eternity became untethered. Timeless being was seen, then measured. Now occupied by dark and light, nothingness performed a slight. Highs made lows and darks made brights. Slow made fast and feeble made might. Zero made one, one made two. One singularity split in two. One could be zero, or one could be two. Think about it. It's weird, but true. 
Where does number one go when it disappears? Zero. Isn't that clear? Zero makes one. One makes zero. Life, death, villain, hero. We take turns being ones and zeros. Creator, created, shakta, shivam. Creator, sustainer, ether, atoms. Serpents, gardens, eaves, and atoms. Life loathes death. Death loves life. We should be afraid of death. Death loves life. Daytime, nighttime, good times, strife. Anicca, anatta, death, life. When death comes, you should claw and fight. It's your nature, your duty, your turn, your right. Life comes back, it's okay to love life. Love is the unity in death and life. Love while you live, love while you die. Love is a fulcrum between death and life. Life, connective. Death, corrective. Life and death are switched perspectives. What is the same in death and life? Love, isn't that right? Die with love, love with life. Live with death, die with life. Somethingness can't last forever. Nothingness does not mean never. Pause, temporary is forever. That was awesome. I kept hearing 100th all throughout that, all the ones oh, and zeros and ones and, zeros. and nothings. And yeah, I just kept yeah. hearing the fact that it's our 100th episode in that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Wow. Oh, that's neat. That's neat. Beautiful journey. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The Buddhist monks have a meditation where they observe bodies. They observe corpses that are rotting. Mm. And um, it's interesting because in, in Buddhism, they have uh, a type of mindfulness called maranasati, hmm. which means establishing, aware, uh, establishing awareness with Mara. Hmm. And death. Mara was the, the god of death and right. desire. Right. You know? And that's more the idea of just contemplating death, that death could happen anytime, and it's supposed to be used as motivation to continue to pursue you know, meditation. Mm -hmm. uh, but... In the Mahasatipatthana Sutta, which is the uh, the Buddha's great um, uh, sermon on the establishment of awareness, there's a section where he he's, he's talking about this, about observing uh, rotting corpses. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, it's really considered a meditation associated with the body, not death. Mm -hmm. And it's just that idea that, that you know, and I, I, I have a few little excerpts from it. I'm not going to read it all, but, but um, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit morbid. But what they say here is um, that there are these nine stages that the corpse goes through when it's dying, right? And the first one is uh, a corpse that is swollen, blue, and festering. Wow. Then the second one is a corpse that is being eaten by crows, hawks, vultures, dogs, jackals, or by different kinds of worms, right? And then it continues to go down. I'm not going to read them all. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, um, number eight is a corpse that is reduced to bones with more than, uh, that are more than a year old and heaped together. And then the last one, the ninth stage is a corpse that is reduced to bones, gone rotten and become dust. And, um, you know, th there is a certain amount of wisdom 
in in the way that they do that you know and and one of the things that they say that the awareness that you're, that is supposed to be established by doing this meditation is this i'm gonna i'm gonna read this um this body of mine too is of the same nature as that body um that this body is going to become like that body and has not got past the condition of becoming like that body mm. you know um it's very interesting yeah, it's, that's it's that's not a um that's not an uncommon practice for you know eastern religions and mysticism you know mm. um it's more uncommon for the modern western mind but mm -hmm. if you think about during the renaissance period okay. you know shakespearean times yeah. um people lived in a you know t the average person lived in in a in a one room house yeah. and so yeah. there'd be grandpa or grandma on the table uh wrapped in posies right and um dead a yeah. stiff basically on a table there'd be the children in the bed and then the parents um often having sex in the evening and then going to sleep yeah so everything you know sex and death and life uh were all, all under one roof happening in the same room yeah and i think much. a lot of that um sense of humor and the morbidity and the matter of factness in the language mm -hmm. was reflected in in some of the you know shakespearean yeah um plays and 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 just some of the poems from the time yeah um these things were just kind of accepted. I mean, and yeah. that's not really what we think of Western culture now. Yeah, but it was Western culture. But it culture. was, yeah. you know, and, and I remember as a kid um, learning about the Tibetan practice, you know, and uh, where they, they, it's the duty of the family to um, cut up the body of, of their mm -hmm. newly departed family member and to go to the edge of a cliff and, and to feed the body parts to the vultures. Oh wow. wow! And that's part of the impermanence teaching is is yeah. to uh, the children and the parents are together, yeah. you know, cutting up the body parts of their recently deceased family member and and yeah. then tossing them out with prayers and with with thankfulness, uh, yeah. recognizing the cyclical nature of of death and and life and yeah. and how our bodies yeah. contribute to the body of the planet. Right. Um, right and right, I, I think right. that that recognition of of death in in daily life um doesn't seem to make them more morbid no i mean when you when you look at um the average um tibetan um you know there's a lot of smiles there's a lot of joy there's a there's a kind of a sense of of really being in the moment yeah totally. uh, there's a lot of generosity and goodness there yeah. um i mean uh, the the level of happiness is higher uh, I think than in, than in, in uh, some Western cultures, yeah, you know. I think so too. Uh, there's yeah. more of that kind of recognition of what is real. Yeah, you know? yeah. And appreciating these, even the small, significant things that are going on, you know, while you're alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And death yeah. does do that. Death um, creates a contrast. You know, it creates a contrast that allows you to see things. It sure does. In a very different way. Yeah, yeah. It sure does. You know, and even the the tantric tradition has a tradition of meditating on dead bodies you know yeah uh, and then yeah, there's yeah. the samurai tradition of of uh every day uh meditating on being boiled boiled alive in oil and, <laughs> and you know flayed your skin flailed flayed from you yeah. and your head beheaded and you know this this yeah. meditation so that you could be so flat so 
uh, unmoved by the idea of death that you could um, merely live more strongly yeah. with intention right. and not be swayed by the mm-hmm. fear of death so that you could practice your martial arts, that you could wield mm-hmm. your sword, you could be the warrior um, using your discernment, using your focus, but without the fear holding you back or yeah. causing you to make unnecessary mistakes. You yeah. know? So that, that was very much a part of the Definitely. samurai tradition as I, well. I recall in the, the Hagakure, yeah. the, the book of the samurai, yep. the, the very first thing he teaches is that I'm already dead. Yes. I, I'm, I'm basically, he's a, he's a dead man walking. He's already dead. So yeah. if you start with that, then you, know, you, can, you can face things. Yeah, and there's a truth to that. Uh, there, there's kind of a courage that comes along with with thinking that way. Mm, there I mean, sure is. Some people who, who um, maybe come from a more flighty-dighty, you know, fluffy mm-hmm. kind of point of view won't see that right away. Yeah, sure. um, But if you just give it a chance, you know, really start with that idea, mm-hmm. it, it does change your perspective yeah, quite a lot. It does. It does. <laughs> and, you know... Um, uh, you just mentioned perspective and, mm-hmm. and that was kind of one of my personal themes tonight. And it was, it was in the poem, you know, mm-hmm. is that death is a changing of perspective. Mm-hmm. And this might be a good time. Um, if you're, if you're up to it, I, I have a little kind of a guided meditation. That I'd might be kind to, of fun yeah. to go through. Absolutely. That's about perspective. And so I'm going to, um, I'm going to read this. And so anybody who wants to close their eyes and do this, right. Um, uh, go for it. Yeah. Um, Death as a changing perspective. So we're going to do this visualization exercise. And take a moment to feel the reality of your physical heart. It's living inside your chest. Even though the heart lives in the blackness of the chest, it does not experience blackness. Instead, the heart experiences joy excitement, passion, and love. Shift your awareness now to the brain. It lives its life in the blackness of the skull, but it does not experience that blackness. Instead, it experiences all the light and color the day has to offer. Using this brain of yours, picture this story I'm about to tell. Follow along with the light and colors that your brain is capable of imagining. Imagine that you are person A, standing on a path and seeing that path through your own eyes. You, person A, are destined to vanish in a few moments. Also imagine there was another person, person B, standing off to the side and watching you, person A, as you stand on your path, just as you vanish. Poof, person A is gone and person B sees it happen. Also off to the side is a third person, person C. Person C now witnesses the vanishing of person B. Poof, person B is now gone. You may notice that as you are seeing this story unfold, you take on the perspective of each new person who witnesses the disappearance of the next. Note this as we continue. 
person C vanishes next. But instead of another person seeing it happen, this time, it is the ocean who perceives the vanishing of the person. Even though you may not fully understand how the ocean perceives, it does perceive. It perceives the vanishing of person C. Poof. Person C disappears. And now you have the perspective of the ocean. Somehow. Some way. Even oceans are destined to vanish. This time it's planet Earth who witnesses the vanishing. In a silent flash, the ocean is gone and the Earth sees it. Then planet Earth vanishes and it's the Sun who sees it. Next, it is the vast expanse of space who sees the Sun vanish along with all the stars and planets in the multiverse without even a sound, nothingness. It is empty space alone that sees, that perceives, that knows. It's dark, cold, and empty. But darkness, coldness, and emptiness is not perceived. The same way that your heart perceives warmth and joy, in the same way your brain perceives light and color, instead of blackness, Instead of the blackness of empty space, you as the universe perceive only joy, excitement, passion, love, and the overwhelming motivation to create something and to keep creating. Somehow in your heart is the growing power of creation preparing to explode again and bang! You have ended nothingness by creating somethingness. You have come full circle from inside to outside to way outside only to end up right where you started at the residence of your physical heart again, residing in the perfection of small blackness inside your chest. Coming back to the reality of your body, prepare now to return to wakefulness by carrying that light from the chest up to the eyes. And when you are ready, open them and see with all your perspectives. I love it. Yeah, that really takes you. It's, um, beautiful how synchronicity works because um i got an email today hmm. that um when i read it to you i think you're okay. going to see the parallels here oh it's I very short um, great okay but i love how this works um, okay so it's speaking to me but i'm going to use your name instead oh okay because okay. i'm telling you you tell me yeah satch what if there was only you and the rest of the world was make-believe imagination. If even the people in your life were drawn there or faded away based upon your thoughts, would it then be easier for you to grasp the true meaning of limitless? Would you then believe that you were alone and that you alone make reality? 
Satch, the rest of the world is make-believe imagination. And all the people in your life are there, or they fade away, based upon your thoughts. Wow, that was easy. Tally-ho, limitless. Oh my God, that's great. <laughs> that's great. I love that. Oh right? my goodness. I just got that today. Oh, so it's just, how perfect. I just love how that happens. Yeah, how totally perfect. Wow. <laughs> my goodness. Thank you. Th- thanks for remembering that. Mm. And you know, I, I don't know if this is really the Buddha that was quoted here. This was supposed to be a Buddha quote. I, I don't know for sure. Um, I seem to remember Stephen Covey saying something like this, um, but he probably didn't come up with it either. Um, but I'm going to read it anyway. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, the thought manifests as the word. The word manifests as the deed. The deed develops into a habit, and the habit hardens into character. So watch the thought and its ways with care, and let it spring from love, born out of compassion for all human beings, as the shadow follows the body, as we think, so we become. Mm. Now I know that last, so we think, you know, as we so, think, yeah. so we become, I think that's, that's yeah. definitely a piece of a quote from the Buddha directly. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. sure about the other part, but, sure, sure, but sure. still, yeah. oh, it's still <laughs> but <great>. still, <laughs> still great. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. That's great. Um, I will attempt to read you the poem that I wrote. Yes. Um, I purposely didn't read it when I had the chance on Facebook because I wanted to hear it for the first time from you. The life of the living, the death of the dead. When life runs its course, I'll simply fly away, levitating light, drifting into the fray. A humble death, feeling like quiet sunset, darkness into stillness, nocturnal moonset. Letting go of the fear and loving for loving's sake. Living and giving from the heart with nothing to take. Piecing the peace that some pieces make. Integrated for our whole wholeness's sake. Emptiness is usefulness, like the spoke of a wheel. Zero plus life equals zero. Death, life, and the real. That old chestnut impermanence, a bitter pill to swallow. It's a tougher nut to crack when what's left feels hollow. Since everything without fail is destined to crumble, does this not quash all false pride and make you feel humble? Our judgments are just delusions of perception, taken for granted almost without exception. Memories are lost on the dead but lives on in the living. All opposites reconciled, a universe forgiving. There need not be any worry about the future, nor grief about the past. Just expand into the present, aware that nothing will last. And we can bow a deep bow to this emergent now, surrendering even the needy need to know how. For whoever takes themselves lightly eventually flies, and each resistance released is an escaping device. Feeling now flexible about all my definitions, I surrender and begin releasing my ambitions. Meaning-making is what organized the chaos. From Nadir to Zenith, a divine cosmic cross. Axis Mundi, Bifrost, Awen, Merkaba of light. I rise from the ashes and the phoenix takes flight. The void is the womb in which I rest. The world 
sphere of my will manifest. Mm. Wow, Carlos. Wow. The speechlessness and silence that I feel after hearing that, I think, says it all. Yeah. You know, there's a stillness I get behind that, you know, what, what you wrote. And um, I think that's more valuable than even talking about it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Wow, that was beautiful. Thanks. Mm, yeah. I think it's good that we both did that. I think so, too. This. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. This is a special topic. It is. It's a special episode. And... Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we, we finally had the courage to do this because I think there was a time in the past we didn't feel courageous enough to do this, maybe. Yeah, it felt too heavy. Yeah, it did. It, it felt did. too heavy. Um, you know, I know in my own personal life, um, I think I just reached a point of death saturation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, far too many people died in the last totally. few years in my yeah. life. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And a few of them in extremely tragic ways, yes. not, not in normal ways. Yes. Um, which, which I'm aware of that yeah. maybe our, our listeners aren't, but I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. that's a hard thing to talk about when you have a deep connection with the people who pass. Yes, it is. It's, it's it hard. Is. It, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes time to feel ready to, to share that in, in an yeah. open way with everyone, you know, yeah. it's different to yeah. share with you or with our close circle. Yeah. But, but out, but yeah, in a recording, it's 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 tough. It is e- even just holding, holding the awareness of it for any length of time. Yeah, you know, requires a steadiness to be able to do that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, because that's for sure. There's a lot of pain associated with it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's let's talk about a recent death mm-hmm. that is a little, you know, a little more manageable. Mm-hmm. It's the same as a human, but. My little cat, Neo, Mm -hmm. my little guy, Neo, just a couple weeks ago, we had to put him down and, um, you know, you, you, you feel all the same emotions and loss, you know, and all that that you normally feel when a human dies, Mm -hmm. except I think sometimes with a pet, it can be really painful to lose a pet, but we also get the same benefits in terms of talking about the issues that, that come up when it's a pet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, after, after Neo died, that night, um, I had to take him down. He was suffering, and I had to take him down to have him. Uh, I had to take him to the the twenty four hour emergency animal ER to have him put down. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was a little bit tough is I because of the pandemic, right? We're, we're recording this during the pandemic. I couldn't go in with him. I mean, I could have, but he was in a tough situation, and they would have had to have moved him oh. to a special room. And mm-hmm. I talked I talked to the doctor on the phone, and we decided that it probably was he was in a lot of distress. Mm-hmm. And it was better to just do it right then and there and, mm-hmm. and, and, and not prolong things. Um, but um, it still comes back to something that I've talked about a lot before. Mm-hmm. And you and I have had this discussion is that, that when you grieve over somebody that you've lost, it is still a form of love. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my main things that I go back to whenever I, I lose people that I care about or, or people close to me lose somebody that they care about. That's one of the first things I like to remind them. If, if, you know, if, if it's a situation where they're looking for advice is just to get into that idea of remember that loving that person, you know, Mm -hmm. and grieving for that person are the same. Mm -hmm. It's so, you know, grieving is loving and it's such a powerful, powerful thing to realize. Yeah. As they say, uh, 
Grieving is our way of showing how much we loved them. Yes, it is. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, it's definitely a way of showing yeah, yeah, how much we love them. It may not be the only way, but... Yeah, I'd say in a seven-course meal, it needs to be there. Yeah, I mean, you know? there's also the, uh, the living for mm-hmm. that we do sometimes, living for someone. Oh, living for um, someone. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 we like do that. The kinds of things like when a, when a child um, becomes more determined... Uh-huh. you know, to um, achieve something in their life that they know their parents would be extremely proud of them for. Yeah. You know, that's living for, you know, yeah. and, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another one of the hidden benefits or maybe the silver linings that, that can be found inside of a, of a dark death, you know, is, yeah. is that remembrance that um, when we choose to, step it up we can also choose to step it up for that person who's passed yeah 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 you know? yeah i i remember um there were a couple of things that i felt were really necessary for me to do um when my my eva died yes you know? yes uh, there are things i needed to do and, and one of those things i think i mentioned to you is just um not putting up with shit mm. certain kinds of shit certain from people. kinds of shit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah, I remember talking about that. Yeah, there, there's certain people whose whose behaviors I think I would have tolerated more, uh, mm-hmm. attempting to take a high road or some silly thing like that, yeah. instead of just saying no, fuck no. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eva wouldn't wouldn't have this. Eva would say. Yeah. Eva would have said, "Hell no," you know, and I'm going to honor that. Yeah. Now and it's then, your duty to do that to yeah, carry that torch. Yeah. Not putting up with any yeah, shit. Yeah. Totally. You know? Totally. Um, yeah, um, it's, those things are beautiful and they make our lives better. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we, we lost a mutual friend, Vince, our Mm -hmm. good, our good friend, Vince. That was, that was a very tragic, difficult loss. Really was. And, um, so many times I've thought that I have a duty to enjoy so many things that he would have enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And now I get to have double the amount of enjoyment and it's my duty to do that for him. Mm -hmm. You know, so I get to enjoy more you know, in Vince's honor. So, mm. you know, yeah. And it's been lovely to connect with his mom, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and some of great. his other friends, you know, that, that, that knew him so well and yeah. stuff too, that we didn't Pe- know people before. that we didn't know. Yeah. 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 And just so yeah, much yeah, love, yeah. you know, that that's what bonds us yeah. together is, is the fact that we shared a love for somebody yeah. who's not here anymore. Totally. Totally. It's, it, it is, it is a bonding thing. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in your, your poem, you had alluded to that uh, Taoist, or the, uh, the part of the Tao Te Ching, where 30 spokes share mm. the wheel's hub, but it's the center space that makes it useful. Yes. It's almost like in Vince's um, passing, the empty space that he left behind became useful. Mm-hmm. And it brought us together with other people that we wouldn't have known. That's right. You know, and it's caused us to reflect on our own lives in a different way. So there is a certain usefulness there. Mm-hmm. We don't seek that. We don't seek for that friend not to be there. Mm-hmm. But if the friend isn't going to be there, then it almost dishonors them not to utilize it. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it's okay for there to be usefulness in the passing of people we love. Well, I've said to you before how um, I like the cold and why I like the cold. Uh, tell me again. Um, so um, I sort of came up with this idea that the cold makes you decide. Mm, oh yes the cold makes you decide yeah it, mm. it forces you to decide and um 
and so mm. the cold is cruel in a way, um, but it's also th- that cruelty that is um, maybe, uh, maybe w- the word cruel isn't the best word for it, but I like it. It sounds dramatic. Okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's the idea Go that, that um, you know, that, that sharp contrast forces you to, to make really clear decisions to yeah. re- you know, as, as a result. I mean, it's a fact um, that we have to deal with cold. Yeah, um, it it's it's just a fact. It's it's a it's a factor of of um, the way the universe works. Is yeah. that there is the absence of heat, yes, and life requires heat in order to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and and so there's that element that um, you know in the Germanic the isa or ice, right? That old idea that mm-hmm. that's a, that's a, a cosmic force. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. idea of contraction, freezing, freezing. AKA death, you know, death, like, yeah. but it's also this primordial frozen state that, that it represents that okay. out of which life comes, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. So when I have mm. taken cold showers or jumped into a snowy ice melting river or something like that, um, or done a, a you know, an ice bath, mm-hmm. um, I psych myself into it because it makes me feel more alive. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah. you feel more alive. Yeah. Well, because it defines you in that moment. You're like, you are warmth and life and it's freezing cold. Yeah. And it helps you see that you're there, that yeah. you're you. You know what I mean? It's, it's defining. I've always thought that the cold defined me. Like mm-hmm. if I'm, if it's freezing cold outside and I walk out and I'm cold and I don't have a jacket, mm-hmm. I know where I am and I know where the cold is. Yeah. You know? And it is a, a real prompt to decide, mm-hmm. okay, put your, uh, put the metal, to, you know, the pedal to the metal kind of thing yeah. um, as far as your own decision to be mindful yeah because you can you can freak out Mm -hmm. or you can be really really focused and you can you can learn to accept even that thing which is really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. totally Um, and in that acceptance you can sometimes gain a mastery over it which is a very satisfying feeling yeah Yeah. you know for a time you don't feel like the cold is such a big bad monster after all you can feel that the cold is actually something totally conquerable yeah and that's a very powerful feeling yeah that is that is yeah because you get into your own stillness and you get into your own uh, root you realize that you know we can influence a hell of a lot more than we think yeah the small times i've overcome cold because you know how you know bad i hate the cold i I hate the cold right i i i like to i guess i like to think that warmth helps me decide right but (laughs) at the same time you know um the times i have overcome it you do feel alive afterwards you feel invigorated Mm. you know it's powerful Mm. it's so powerful you know um now i know that this is um uh, a special night being 100th episode Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be uh a special episode if we didn't read something from Khalil Gibran. Oh, we got you. Um, so a little background. Anybody who has not read Khalil Gibran, um, stop what you're doing and read Khalil Gibran immediately. Yeah. Like when this, when this episode is finished, you finish listening to this episode or watching it, pick up The Prophet by Khalil Gibran and read it. It is so packed full of wisdom. It's unbelievable. But it really is. And our friendship episode, we... we, we uh, yeah. There was a reading on friendship. Yeah, we we read the friendship um, uh, poem mm-hmm. from from the Prophet by Khalil Gibran, mm-hmm. and um, so let me just set the background. So, in this book, the Prophet, um, what happens is the Prophet is about to leave, and he's been in this town for a long time, and the people have grown to love him, and it seems to be a metaphor for death. 
he's down at the shore and he's waiting for the ship to come get him. Mm-hmm. And it's really a metaphor for the fact that he's dying and these are all his, his disciples around him. Mm-hmm. And this is their last chance to ask the master his wisdom on these different topics. And here it goes. Are we ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm always ready for him. All right. The prophet on death. Then Almitra spoke, saying, We would ask now of death. And he said, You would know the secret of death, but how shall you find it unless you seek it in the heart of life? The owl whose night-bound eyes are blind under the day cannot unveil the mystery of light. If you would indeed behold the spirit of death, open your heart wide unto the body of life. For life and death are one even as the river and the sea are one. In the depth of your hopes and desires lies your silent knowledge of the beyond. And like seeds dreaming beneath the snow, your heart dreams of spring. Trust the dreams, for in them is hidden the gate to eternity. Your fear of death is but the trembling of the shepherd when he stands before the king whose hand is to be laid upon him in honor. Is the shepherd not joyful beneath his trembling, that he shall wear the mark of the king? Yet is he not more mindful of his trembling? For what is it to die but to stand naked in the wind and to melt into the sun? And what is it to cease breathing but to free the breath from its restless tides, that it may rise and expand and seek a God unencumbered. Seeds underneath the snow. I love that image. Yeah. Just love that. Yeah. Trust the dreams. Trust your dreams. Mm -hmm. All right. This is a poem by Rumi. Okay. I died as a mineral and became a plant. I died as a plant and rose to animal. I died as animal and I was human. Why should I fear? When was I less by dying? Yet once more I shall die human. To soar with angels blessed above. And when I sacrifice my angel soul, I shall become what no mind ever conceived. As a human, I will die once more, reborn. I will with the angels soar. And when I let my angel body go, I shall be more than mortal mind can know. Mm. I love that. When was wow. I? When was I ever less by dying? God. That is <laughs> so, so amazing. So cool. Mm. Gosh, Rumi's phenomenal. As uh, Jim Morrison said, mm. "Death makes angels of us all, and gives us wings where we had shoulders, smooth as ravens' claws." I have a theory. It's not um, anything but a theory. It's okay. it's it's based in it's based in some experiences that I've had, um, called the mystical experiences, I guess. Okay. Um, not here to prove it to anyone else. I'm just going to share what my yeah. experience is. Yeah. Let's um, experience. I have a strong suspicion about what happens when we die. Okay. Um, and it's very similar to um, a movie that I that I really really like, um, which had Robin Williams in it. Mm. It was called um, "What Dreams May Come." Oh, love it! Yeah, love and it. 
the underlying idea that I have sensed is that um, there are these different modes of awareness that we can connect with. And in those modes of awareness, um, our consciousness can connect to, um, let's say, a frequency. Okay. And in that frequency, uh, there is an existence that exists on that frequency. Okay. And um, as you know, frequencies can be things like radio waves or they can mm -hmm. be light. It can be things that are totally invisible, yeah. right? Uh, and as well as indetectable by, by our, our senses, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's a whole range of what frequency can mean, you know, scientifically speaking, you know, from, from one end of the spectrum to the other, you know, you get, you get all of the uh, experience of matter and energy, mm -hmm. right? Um, and when you incorporate the idea of dimensionality, um, multiple dimensions, parallel dimensions, multiverse yeah. of, of of things, you, when you talk about uh, what we said earlier about quantum superpositions, you know the potentials that are there. Then what you're getting is a simultaneous existence in the same space and time. And my strong suspicion is that when we die, the level of consciousness we are at when we die, which is also the result of the way we lived, yeah. Um, propels our awareness into a place where there is a continuance of awareness that may or may not resemble yeah. what it seems to be when we're in our bodies, but that there is a continuity of consciousness of yes. some kind because yeah. matter and energy cannot be destroyed. It can only transform. Mm -hmm. We know that, right? Yes. That's not something they've really disproven. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like one of the laws. Of, I, think, I think we also intuitively know it. To we be intuitively true. know that, yeah. yeah, too. It's yeah. it's, but so I, so I think on some level it does continue. It's just that it doesn't continue quite the way we think it does, yeah. or quite the way um, it does when we're in our in our physical brains. Yeah, you know, um, so there is such a thing, I believe as a purgatory and a hell and a heaven yeah. and many heavens and an Asgard and, totally, a, totally and a, you know, all, yeah. all the, all the things that are, that yeah. are people think about. I think those things kind of exist in a way I they're not, uh, I don't believe them to be, uh, the be all and end all. I believe them to be sort of situational. Like yeah. if you live in a culture where that is the primary belief and you live a life in accordance with that, I think there may be, some kind of shifting transitioning yes. into that I level agree. of awareness. I do agree. Um, yes. And we have such a large universe mm -hmm. that all of that exists. Yeah. Yeah. All I of think it. so too. I think yeah. we can, I think we can create that because we are the thing creating everything. Yeah. You know, we're part of creation and we are creation and we do create. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think you're, I think you're, you're right about that. Well, you know, the, the, the Buddha explained that there, there's the human realm. Mm-hmm. And, and the realm below human existence is a realm we're very familiar with, which is the realm of beasts. Because mm -hmm. we live in the same physical place as the animal, mm -hmm. animal consciousness. And then there are consciousnesses below that, that would be the, the various purgatories and, and, and hells and things. And it's all, again, like you said, it's kind of sort of based on frequency. It's based on karma in this case. You mm -hmm. know, the, mm -hmm. the state of your mind will ascend or descend based upon its own nature. Mm -hmm. And that 
above the human realm are the realms of the devas, the gods, the mm -hmm. angels, you know, and there are places where um, very high level beings exist. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is the Buddha said that, but this, the human realm is the only one where you can completely break free from all of it. That statement I've heard before, and it makes me so curious. Yeah, me too. Why? Yeah, why um, this one? And, and it also yeah. brings to mind my natural skepticism. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Like my skepticism says, okay, um, Buddha, um, how do you know that? Yeah, right. And he would say, well, meditate and see if you find the same thing exactly. I found. Exactly. Right? He, wouldn't, he wouldn't try to tell you. No. He would just say, hey, this is what I experienced. Um, perhaps you'll experience something different. But wouldn't that be awesome if we could pick his brain? I know. <laughs> just, I know. just for the hell of it. I We'd mean, need a translator, but... We yeah, would, yeah. we would. So, but no, I mean, um, yeah. uh, it's such an absolute statement that mm -hmm. it, it makes me suspicious. Me too, me too. I, I sort of wonder if there maybe yeah. there are exceptions. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, yeah. because here we are on the on the Earth. Does that include the Earths of other planetary systems, for example? Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. You know, yeah. So, so it kind of. Totally, totally. Makes me wonder. Yeah. And if, if um, angels and devas and other things, you know, if, there's, if karma is the rule among all the realms, then of course uh, there has to be some kind of yeah. uh, cyclical or completion point for, yeah. for every frequency. Yeah, there's, there's, there's got to be, you know, there's got to be. Um, uh, and maybe, maybe we've mistranslated what he meant by that statement too. that's true we, like, we may not quite fully understand maybe he was referring no. to a certain level of um what can only be resolved on our plane because it only exists on our plane not that that there aren't other things to have yes in those that's other places, a wonderful way to contemplate that do you know what i mean yeah. like, like like we yeah, have yeah, yeah. suffering in a way that the buddha was very concerned with yes and maybe that type of suffering only exists here therefore the only way to resolve it is to be here yeah. For that particular suffering. Yeah. But maybe there are other kinds of things well, it, that... You, what you just said brings yeah. up the idea. Um, the only people that can break out of prison are people that are in prison. Yeah. And if Good you're, point. And if you're out of prison, well, you don't need to break out of prison. So right. the only place... If you want to break out of prison, you got to be, be a prisoner. First. You know? So if yeah. maybe the only thing that can become enlightened is a human because we're in prison. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's kind of like that. You exactly. Know? It's, it's kind of interesting. Interesting exactly. idea. Um, you know, I mean... An episode wouldn't be complete unless we um, got into the Tao Te Ching a little bit. Oh, of course. And um, there are a few pieces, and I'm 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 sort of picking and choosing, you know. And this this is a, a little slightly different translation of the Tao Te Ching that that, that I have. Um, and uh, I'm going to read it just just a couple pieces. Mm. Okay, and I wonder what you think about these. This is from Chapter 16 of mm. the Tao Te Ching. Empty your mind of all thoughts. Let your heart be at peace. Watch the turmoil of other beings, but contemplate their return. Each separate being in the universe returns to the common source. Returning to the source is serenity. If you don't realize the source, you stumble in confusion and sorrow. When you realize where you come from, you naturally become tolerant disinterested, amused, kind-hearted as a grandmother, dignified as a king. Immersed in the Tao, you can deal with whatever life brings you. 
And when death comes, you are ready. Um, what is it about the Tao Te Ching that makes you just want to read it over and over and over I again? I know. <laughs> makes you kind-hearted as a grandmother and dignified as a king. Mm -hmm. That's you know? so beautiful. Yeah. That's that... Uh, that distinction that I'm so fond of, um, of kindness versus niceness. Oh yeah. Kindness versus niceness. Only, yes. a, only a king could, could be the kind of kind that yeah. a king could be, you know? So well. And so, so well said, yeah. you know, doing, doing a kind act from a place of power rather than from uh, reflex yes. or a compulsion or a need to not be dis have others be displeased with you. Yeah. But to do it out of the purity and the authenticity of, of that power. Yeah. Um, and I love that. The Tao Te Ching is so loaded. It's just packed with, with r guidelines that are, that are set in, um, in, into dualities that are, make it easier for you to kind of navigate your way. Yes. A way that fits you because yes. it has that duality. It has, it has the polarity is what I meant to say, you know, from each extreme and it, and it you just kind of aim between those two places and it's sort of, brings you forward it's so balanced and perfect yeah you know it, it really is yeah that, that was well put um hmm. here's let's see um you ready for this one yeah what so you this, got? this this is just a, a line from chapter 22 of the Tao Te Ching. Hmm. if you want to become full let yourself be empty if you want to be reborn let yourself die it's also interesting because in western cultures we sort of i mean for the most part we sort of have a desire to want to reincarnate. Mm -hmm. we, we would view reincarnation as a good thing. Yet what's odd about it is the Hindus and the Buddhists look at it as a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, it's like you, you, you didn't pull it off. You didn't, yep. you didn't become enlightened. Oh man. You didn't escape the, the cycle. Yeah. Back to the start of the line, mm -hmm. you know? And so um, it's, it's funny how we look at that as, oh, reincarnation. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. I don't want to stop existing. And they look at it as, oh, you still exist. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Better like next time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, game over. Mm. <laughs> you know? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Something we, we probably should, should mention in this episode is the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there's a lot of people that have some curiosity about that and not quite sure what that is. Mm -hmm. and, and me as a college educator, as a, as a university educator, mm -hmm. one of my skills, or at least I think it's one of my skills, is to take something that's pretty complicated and make it real simple. Yep. And you do have a talent for that. I have simplified the Tibetan Book of the Dead. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Crash course. When you're alive, there are... There are three states according to the Tibetan Book of the Dead. There's your normal everyday living consciousness, like what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. There is meditation, mm -hmm. which is a second consciousness. And then there are dreams. And those are the three consciousnesses that happen in life, the three states. And they call a state a, a, a bardo. Okay. So the Tibetan word is bardo. Mm -hmm. Okay. The, the Tibetan Book of the Dead is the bardo todal. Mm -hmm. Okay. And... So there's three states we could be in while we're alive. When we die, we go into a different bardo. We go into a different state. And it's the in-between state. In between what, we might ask, though? In between lives, in between births. Mm. Are you ready? Here, here, here are the three states of the in-between. I'm ready. 
at the moment of death, there is a brief light. It's like a light of truth. And that's our opportunity to merge with everything. Mm-hmm. But according to the Tibetan Book of the Dead, it happens so quickly we miss it. So we die. There's a moment of pure light. We miss it. Oh, then we go into the second bardo, the second state, which is where we are able to see. It is revealed to us all of the former Buddhas, the devas, the divine beings, and we sort of have you know contact with them. The third bardo, the third state in the in-between is about hallucination. So based upon our karma, we begin to have hallucinations and they are hallucinations of hellish realms or heavenly realms. But the idea is we tire of them and by tiring of them, we seek the familiarity of being born again and it pulls us into reincarnation and we're born again. And so those are the three states of the Tibetan book of the dead. You die. There's a light. Don't miss it. Cause if you miss it, it's too late. See oh, you next time. Too late. Right. Then you get to meet, you know, you know, all, all your heavenly superheroes and the people you're a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's nice. Then you're going to hallucinate to the point of wishing you were just back in a body and then you're born again. Wow. Yeah. Then, and then you're a baby again. <laughs> yeah. Or something else, a puppy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And anything beyond that? Yeah. And you're anything beyond that. I mean, I guess what's <laughs> oh, beyond oh, that oh. is escape, right? I mean, oh, escape. Oh, nirvana, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Nirvana, extinction. Nirvana, yeah, which would be, um, which the Buddha called a state of mind. Yeah, nirvana, state of mind. Yeah. I have noticed in life that um, there, at least for me, in my experience, there there are events and occurrences that have layered meanings, mm-hmm. you know, many layers of meanings in there. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the form that it takes is just convenient. It's, it's using what's available. Okay. Um, like when we, when we notice that the dream that we're having um, happens to have some characters from our recent experience or mm-hmm from the past. It's not necessarily having having to do with those people. Yeah. But they are conveniences of the mind that the mind will use to represent uh what it wants to represent in the form of creating feelings for you. Yeah. And if yeah. if it needs to do it in that way, the logical mind will will try to read it as though the individual characters are important. Um but it isn't necessarily yeah. The theme might be way more important than the characters themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know yeah, that there's right. something that's being kind of conveyed as a feeling. Yeah, and I think that could be with death as yeah, well. You I, know, th- the, I think I think you're right. The sort and of heavens and hells that people experience. Definitely. And you know what's interesting is um, earlier I had mentioned that my cat Neo had to be put down recently. Neo with the tuxedo. Neo with the tuxedo, little tuxedo boy. And by the way, his nickname was Neobana, which so Nibana is the um, Pali word for Nirvana, oh, enlightenment. So gotcha. Neobana Pontificus Montgomery. That was his full name. Um, <laughs> was that on his birth certificate? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we couldn't fit it on his little his little name tag though. Oh, okay. um, so he, um, so he he had died that day, and um, that night I had a dream about him, hmm. and he jumped up on my lap, and for a split second I was annoyed that he jumped up on my lap, <laughs> and then as he slinked past me, I remember feel him and enjoy this because he's gone. Mm. Wow. And and. Um, it's kind of like what you were talking about. 
it's it's it can represent a feeling or an emotion and i think there was a little part of me that was a little guilty mm-hmm. you know for having some regrets about him you know mm-hmm. and then there was also but but there were so many times in my life and his life that i did that and i pet him i'm just like just this is a special moment with this little guy mm-hmm. just enjoy him right now and and that's that's the lesson for all of us mm-hmm. you know um, you know, Carlos, I enjoy every moment with you. Likewise. Because, you know, and uh, um, uh, that's what it's about, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I know there's there's TED Talks on this, and there's, there's a, I, I, her name has eluded me, but there's there's a wonderful, uh, I think, psychologist who, who wrote a book about the five lessons f- that she learned from people on hospice. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could recall her name right now. Um, and, you know, like, like one of the lessons was nobody ever said they wished they worked harder. Yeah. You know, people wish people said they worked too hard basically. You know what I mean? Th- you know, th- things like that and and uh really really what matters in life is the connections you make, the people you love, how much you love them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if I if I stop and I look back and I say, "Gosh, do I really love and care for the people that are around me?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I really do." Mm-hmm. All right, good, good. I, I that's not something I'm I'm not, I'll have no regrets with that. You know, loved people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's that's number one on the list is just that. Just just go ahead and love everybody. Yeah, and you know, one of the ways to get at purpose when when you're trying to find out what purpose is, uh, because this is a question that people have. They say, "I don't know what my purpose is," you know. Yeah. Um, and they don't know where to begin. So sometimes I'll ask the question: If you knew you're going to die. Is there anything that you feel that you would regret? Mm. Start with the negative, yeah, and then work backwards from there. Okay, yeah, that's you know, yeah. Uh, what would you regret? You know, what would you regret not doing? Mm. What would you regret not having? What would you regret not achieving? Yeah. What would you regret not saying? Um, and then look inside of that for clues about um, what kind of person is that? That's identity, right? Yeah. And what does a person? that is like that do there's purpose mm. oh what is, okay you know so that's a, that's another way of getting at mm. your purpose your mission your vision is by yeah by thinking about hey you know death is around the corner so will you feel totally satisfied and peaceful yeah and you know elevated when you die or will you feel like you missed out on something yeah. like you missed the bus or yeah, you, you know, yeah, somehow yeah, didn't yeah. catch the train on time, you know, yeah. like what is it that you would feel, um, sorrowful about, regretful about? Yeah. And is there anything yeah. from your own past that you haven't, um, mm. repaired or closed the loop on or yeah. dealt with, yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 definitely. Cause that's going to tell you a lot. It does. And yeah. so death can be that really wonderful mirror yeah it, it's, it's certainly an accelerant you know what i mean it mm. it gets you to your important conclusions and decisions pretty quickly you know? it defines things in, in in the way that cold defines things yeah it makes you choose yeah. absolutely yeah yeah um i mean i guess you know we, we don't know what's going to happen I think some of the themes for tonight, it's okay to be afraid. Mm-hmm. It's also okay not to be afraid. Yeah. And we don't know, but you know, as humanity, we came into existence together. Mm-hmm. We can all hold hands as we go. I mean, you know, even though we don't know what's going to happen, hey, we have each other, right? Yeah. I mean, what more could we want but to have each other in humanity? Yep. What more yep. could we want? 
So, yeah, yeah. it's going to happen. Um, yeah. yeah, I have a feeling that you know, in our group, we we've got people who care about our we we all care about our health. Yeah, um, and so barring some kind of <laughs> surprise left you yeah. know curveball or whatever stuff happens stuff know. happens but stuff barring happens. that yeah. i mean we'll probably live to a pretty healthy age yeah. um and so we got a lot of lot of time left yeah um but but it's going to happen yeah you know i think what's hard for me to fathom is just um not creating and loving the way that i currently do mm-hmm. and i think maybe you know maybe the idea is you know cuz this is fun it's fun to create and love like this. And yeah, life can sometimes be miserable too. Mm. Um, but but I think it's hard for me to fathom the idea that I won't, when I'm gone, I won't be creating the way I am now. Mm-hmm. But if we get back to that place where we were when we were the universe that was about to create everything, then we could explode again with creation, you know? So maybe, maybe it's awesomer, you know? So... But we're going to find out, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We're going to find out. You've been listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. A hundred episodes in and we're still going strong. And to all our listeners, thank you so much. We really appreciate you listening to our show. If you have a minute, post something about us on social media. Tell your friends about the show. We would really appreciate that. And please make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts and you're hooked up with us on social media. And you can find our website at AuthenticityShow.com. Thanks for listening. Have an authentic day.